Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we're librarians with the Beaufort County Library in South Carolina. And this week, we're going to do something a little different from anything we've done in the past. We're going to share ideas for books for everyone on your holiday shopping list. Yay! Yee. This was really hard. It was, it was fun, but hard. Fun, but hard. Yes. It was I hard. questioning my choices. Yeah, and it's hard to come up with a big swath of people right, to, right. to like I know certain people right, right, but right. I don't know that many say sports fans right. so well um, or I would think so I think well this might be good if you're this type of right person, you know right. What I mean? so it was hard yeah and so obviously I guess there's a little bit of a disclaimer yes. that you know use your judgment <laughs> on this just suggestions yeah and there's plenty of books that I would on, that I recommend for certain people that I would give to other types of right, people right. Um, and like gender specific things right. that I think I, I don't really believe that right. you have to read right. certain types right. of books, but you know, just general yes. stuff. Yes. Don't hate us too much for, yeah. <laughs> for anything that doesn't work for you. So our first category is books to give your mom. Yes. What is your, what is your recommendation? My recommendation is Mrs. Whaley and her Charleston Garden by Emily Whaley. And this is a memoir and it's kind of a mix of, of memoir and gardening tips that was written by an 85 year old woman who's refle- reflecting back on her life. Uh, Emily Whaley lived in a gorgeous South of Broad neighborhood. If if you know Charleston, that's the the super fancy uh, neighborhood in Charleston. So if you've seen pictures of Charleston and it's gorgeous houses, mm-hmm. it's probably this neighborhood. Um, and she developed a very famous garden there. And so this book is full of insight into both gar- the gardening that she did and also the life that she she developed and and a life well lived. And it's a completely charming book. It's the book itself is kind of compact and it just feels like a little treasure. So it's small and cute and lovely and feels like it should be read in a hidden garden, which was essentially what this one was. So it was just very, very adorable. And that's Mrs. Whaley and her Charleston Garden by Emily Whaley. All right. And I selected The Secret Keeper by Kate Morton. And everybody knows I love Kate Morton. This book has a little bit of everything. It has historical fiction. There's a romance. There's mystery. There are family secrets. So I feel like it would appeal to a lot of different types of people. Mm -hmm. It's set in World War II and the present day as uh, Laurel Nicholson is in the present day and she's trying to reconcile a crime she saw her mother commit when she was 16 years old uh, with who her mother seems to be. And she's searching for answers about who her mother was before she got married and had a family. Um, and so I, again, think that this would appeal to lots of different types of readers. And Kate Morton is somebody I think a, a lot of people should be reading. Mm-hmm. So that's why I selected it. It's The Secret Keeper by Kate Morton. I love that book. It's so it's good. great. All right. So our next one is Books to Buy for Your Dad. Okay. Mine is I'm a Stranger Here Myself, Notes on Returning to America After 20 Years by Bill Bryson. And he's a, a really famous author. He's, no, he's known for his narrative memoirs. Um, and many focus on being an outsider in England where he lives with his family. But this one was written when he moved back to the U.S. with his English wife and their children. And he has a way of of observing the world around him that's funny, but a little curmudgeonly, mm-hmm. which to me sounds like a vacation with your dad. <laughs> so, But in the best way possible. But yeah. there's there's always that. Like, your dad's kind of goofy and kind of yeah. like a little annoyed about a situation, <laughs> but it's sort of fun. It just sounds like like dad, dad reading. Um, and I know my dad thinks that that uh, Bill Bryson is really fun, and so I know my dad. I assume all dads will like this too. So I have myself bought my dad a few Bill Bryson. Books, yeah, they're so. they're good good dad reading. Good dad books. Um, and that's I'm a stranger here myself by Bill Bryson. 
And mine is I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. I actually gave this to my dad and he loved it. It's oh, yay. A, uh, a twisty, turny spy thriller about a man who is in a super, super secret division of the government and so secret that they surmise that even the president doesn't know about this division of the oh government. Uh, and he is the only one able to stop a calamitous event that is about to st- happen in the world and will affect all of humanity. And it's already been optioned or it's been optioned as a movie. And a lot of the reviews describe it as very cinematic. So I oh, thought that wow. seemed like a good sort of action spy book for, for dads. Mm-hmm. It's I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. When did that come out? Uh, two years ago. Oh, I don't, uh, maybe, two th- maybe last year, 2015. Okay. Something like I that. I wasn't super aware of that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was one of those books. That, I think maybe it was 2015 because I remember seeing as, I don't know if it was not best of the year list, but like most underrated, most overlooked book of the book of the year, things okay. like that. So yeah. um, anyway, my dad loved it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. The Our next, did I already say that what the title was? I think I did. Yeah. Uh, our next one is for a teen in your life. Okay. I picked The Looking Glass Wars by Frank Better. And it takes the basic premise of Alice in Wonderland, but presents Alice as an ousted princess after a government coup by her Aunt Red. And she is sent in a fantastical way to Victorian London, where she befriends Lewis Carroll and asks him to tell her story. And so it takes the historical Alice Liddell, who was the inspiration to to Lewis Carroll, to create the fictional Alice and um, sort of merges her story into the fantasy world of Alice in Wonderland, but it's a very different, it's not quite as whimsical, I think, mm. as, as the original um, I just book. To the original. Yeah, I love it this so good. book. It, I was very, very shocked by how much I loved it. And it's, it's great for everyone because it has, it, a lot of teenage girls really love fantasy in in teen novels but it also is full of action and drama and there's a character that's uh, based off of the mad hatter that's just to die for awesome and so there's amazing world building so there's really something for every type of teen out there i think it would appeal have a really wide appeal for lots of different teens and that's the looking glass wars by frank better is that is that a series? Or yeah, is it's a, a trilogy. Yeah, a trilogy. Okay. Um, so this is the first one, and uh, I actually listened to it the first time, uh-huh. and it's a fantastic audiobook. Uh-huh. And then I've read it, and it was a great reading experience okay. too. So, yeah, I, I adore it. Good. All right. So my selection is Mark. March books one through three by John Lewis. And as we're recording this, this just won the National Book Award for book three, just won the National Book Award for young adult oh, awesome. literature last night. Oh, cool. Uh, but I did not know that when I selected it. And hear me out on this one because it's maybe not going to sound exactly <laughs> like the best present. <laughs> it's a story of the civil rights movement as told in graphic memoir format. And John Lewis is a uh, Georgia congressman who played a crucial role in the civil rights movement. And he wrote these books with uh, two men, an uh, illustrator and author. Mm-hmm. It introduces teens to history in a very accessible and interesting format. And I don't want you to think it's dry because it's historical. It's right. so interesting. And I think it will bring very viscerally the the struggles that were happening and still to this day mm-hmm. happen. And in fact, John Lewis, when he accepted his award last night, teared up saying when he was a child growing up in the South, in the segregated South, he was denied a library card and his oh, family wow. was so poor he couldn't buy books. So it meant so much to him to be getting this award. And I, I just read these actually within the last month or so. I read all three and they are fantastic. And so that's March books one through three by John Lewis. And Part of the reason I'm suggesting it is I think you're going you're going to have teens who love to read and teens who hate to read, and this is going to appeal to any mm-hmm. of them because it's graphic memoir, yeah. and so you have the 
not a lot of text on the page for somebody who's more of a reluctant reader, but a good, good, solid, interesting history to learn mm-hmm. about for the for kids who are eager for more knowledge. Right. So I think it's going to appeal to a lot of different type, different kids. And it's yeah. an important subject that a lot of kids need to know about. Yeah. Graphic novels are such a good way to get yeah. to get reluctant yeah. readers to read. And yeah. I kept thinking it was a gateway into other reading, but they don't have to be. They no, can, there's can just be totally that. valid yeah. for people to read graphic yeah. novels forever and forever and ever and cool. ever. All right. So our next one is the book gifts for kids in your life. Um, this one was a no brainer for me. This was probably the first thing I put down. It's the book with no pictures by BJ Novak. And it's meant to be shared between adults and kids. And my nieces and nephews begged me to read it to them when, when I went for, uh, I think Thanksgiving last year and they giggled like maniacs through the whole thing. And, you know, it's the perfect book when it can make kids ranging from ages 6 to 13 ask for repeat readings. Mm -hmm. And I can't really tell you very much about it because the entire enjoyment of it is the reading experience with a kid. But it's very clever and it's very in tune to what kids find funny and what kids like. And it's really fun regardless of what your age is. And it's it's just it's. I guess a picture book. It's not it doesn't have pictures, pictures but, but yeah, it would um, be in that section. Of yeah, it's it's just it's such a enjoyable reading experience. So that's the book with no pictures by B.J. Novak. All right, my selection is El Defo by C.C. Bell, which I just talked about a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. So hopefully, I won't have to say too much about it. It's another graphic mo- memoir about a young girl who grew up, grew up deaf, or she is deaf, and it's about her story growing up and how she just wanted to be treated normally. And it, there's a good moral to the story for kids to learn about accepting all different types of people and and understanding people who don't look like them or don't talk like them or all different situations. But mm-hmm. it's also really entertaining and fun to read. Mm-hmm. I mentioned when I talked about it a few weeks ago, it's very brightly colored drawings and um, and everybody's depicted as rabbits with big ears. And so it's just, it's a cute story, but it's also very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So that's El Defo by CC Bell. All right. Our next category is a book for someone who doesn't ordinarily read, but you want them to get why reading is so great. Yeah. Maybe start reading. Uh, what was your pick for this one? Anne? I picked Into the Darkest Corner by Elizabeth Haynes. That's a good pick. Yay. Um, this is a psychological suspense novel, which in my opinion is almost always the gateway genre to a non-reader. Um, I've, I've had a few friends, not very many friends that are non-readers, but I've, I've known a few and they, anytime they picked something up to read it was it was psychological suspense so it's pretty they're just hard to put down they're always intriguing and and they they just have really wide appeal so this one is about a woman woman named Catherine who meets a mysterious but charming man named lee and they start dating but he quickly starts to display alarming behavior and no matter what she does she can't get away from him until she's driven to really desperate extremes and then four years later lee is in prison and she's reinvented herself as kathy and she thinks she's finally put the past behind her but then the phone rings and it brings everything back so So uh, i when i read this probably four years ago i was completely unable to put it down Um, it has tons of great twists and it pulls you in really quickly and it won't let go and there's there's one part oh my word there's one part where you think something is happening and then you find out what's really happening and it just blows your mind in in ways that are pleasurable for reading but also make you want to bang your head against a wall so you know exactly what i'm talking about so um it's it's just it's yeah it's a really really fun psychological novel and it's called into the darkest corner by elizabeth haynes all right now i need to say that I really wanted to cheat on this one because I wanted to select two books, a psychological thriller, Uh because I feel the same way you do, that that can be a great way to get people 
who don't read to see the the value in reading and the pleasure in reading. Mm-hmm. But I also think romance can do that too oh. for a different set of people. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. There's crossover there. But, you know, you think about Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight, mm-hmm. that captured the attention of a lot of people right. who weren't ordinarily reading. So I really want to do two, two choices, but I only did one. Ha. I, it was hard, uh, <laughs> which was The Kind Worth Killing by Peter Swanson. I've talked about this before. I just mentioned it in the last episode. And my idea here is that someone who doesn't read is generally more drawn to TV and movies. Mm-hmm. But this book is gripping and has so many twists and turns. And again, like you said, you'd have a hard time putting it down. Mm-hmm. So so it's almost like a cliffhanger on a TV show that you're right. binge watching. You know, you need to find out what happens next. It's about a man and a woman who meet on a plane and during a drunken conversation, they reveal all these secrets to each other, basically thinking they're never going to see each other again. And the man reveals that what he really wants to do is kill his wife. And the woman looks at him and says, I can help with that. And that's Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it all goes from there. Uh, so that is The Kind Worth Killing by Peter Swanson. Should we say what we really want to recommend for? Yes, Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone Girl, <laughs> duh, is the obvious choice of how to pull someone into reading. Have them read Gone We figured Girl. you'd already heard of that yeah, book. Probably. A, a little, a little novel. Oh, Gone Girl. <laughs> All right, so our next category is for a significant female in your life and this is sort of a a catch-all for if it's a sister a girlfriend a wife uh, any uh, best friend any Mm -hmm. woman that uh, just a good book to recommend yeah to buy for them so what's your pick mine is is everyone hanging out without me by mindy kaling this is the first memoir that she wrote before she got her own tv show so it's more about her upbringing by immigrant parents she's a a first generation child in, in the united states and her college years and the start of her career. And it has a really strong conversation with your girlfriend's feel to it. We've said before on the podcast when we've talked about her books before that she is sort of universally every woman's best friend in their minds. <laughs> so her funny, her, her opinions are really funny, but relatable. And, um, but it, it's a little, like I've read Why Not Me? Mm-hmm. And that felt a little more, uh, I don't know the word for it. Like she's further in her career mm-hmm. at, at that point. Um, and has a lot more responsibility because of her show and, and is just pulled a lot in a lot of different directions. And so she, t- she talks a lot more about sort of her Hollywood life, mm-hmm. I think. But in this one, it's more about her time on The Office and and how she got her start. And so it feels a little bit more down to earth. You know, yeah. that's not to say that she isn't still, yeah. but but it just has a little more every girl sort of yeah, feel like to accessible, it. I would yeah, say. Yeah. Or something. Um, but it's, it's very, very funny and very just you can dip into it. And mm. it's, it's just a really fun book. So that's Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me by Mindy Kaling. All right. Mine is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. And I think I'm already on record on the podcast as saying I think every woman needs to read this book. So this was kind of a no brainer for me. Uh, It's a collection of advice columns that Cheryl Strayed wrote on therumpus.net anonymously. And they cover everything from life, love, believing in yourself, having the strength to make decisions that you know you should but are reluctant to do. I think it is... Uh, important that every woman be reminded how valued they are as people Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a book that for me did that so that is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed now I should preface this it has a lot of bad language so if that is something that the significant woman in your life is going to be bothered by maybe skip this one but if they're okay with that go ahead and buy it noted (laughs) all right so the next one is the significant male in your life so brothers boyfriends husbands best friends. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I picked Shutter Island by Dennis Lehane. 
and it's set in 1954, and it's about a U.S. Marshal named Teddy Daniels who goes to a hospital for the criminally insane on an island called Shutter Island, um, which can only be reached by boat. And he goes to investigate the disappearance of an inmate who was in a locked room. So it's essentially a locked room mystery, which is always appealing. When he goes to the island, then he only anticipates being there for, I think, a few days. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, is stranded because a hurricane starts to approach. And so no one can get off the island and no one can get back on the island. And as he's there, he starts to find out more and more sinister things about what uh, is happening on the island and what the hospital is doing to his pa- its patients. And probably a lot of people have seen the movie mm-hmm. of this too, which is a super Good. creepy movie. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Um, but it's dark and intense, which um, I think a lot of guys find appealing when they read but it's also really insightful in a lot of ways and moving in in a lot of ways so i actually would recommend this for everyone i've i wouldn't hesitate to give this to a female friend too but well depending on the female friend i guess if she doesn't like super uh creepy things maybe not i think it's a really enjoyable reading experience so that is shutter island by dennis lehane all right and i picked lonesome dove by larry mcmurtry and it's a massive book uh but it is so readable and it just totally sucks you in so i think a lot of people would enjoy it it was popular in like it came out in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, i think so my thought was it it needs to be introduced to a new generation of oh, people cool. that maybe have not discovered it um, it's about a group of cowboys in texas who move a herd of cattle to the newly opened territory of montana in the hopes of having more success than what they were having in texas these are former texas rangers and it's so it's sort of towards the end of their their lives their careers their experiences with mm-hmm. each other um, there's a lot of adventure and action and there's manly bonding and there are prostitutes and there are snakes and there's romance and just has everything you could want in a book so i feel like it would appeal to a lot of men and that's lonesome dove by larry mcvertry the necessary prostitutes the necessary, in the west be, yeah, yeah. Know, right they have to have prostitutes but they're with a heart of gold oh of course of course is there any other kind no. uh our next category is uh friend or relative who is obsessed with Harry Potter and what they could what you could give them to ease the loss of the books of Harry Potter that are no yeah. longer being published. So I went with adults specifically in okay. this one. Um, although I, I think a teenager could read this book, but this wouldn't be a book for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark. Mm-hmm. And it's set during the Napoleonic Wars in an England that believes in magic, but it hasn't seen it in years. It's sort of this myth almost. But suddenly two different men have rediscovered how to do magic and they become famous for practicing two very different types of magic Mm -hmm. and so one is sort of a more traditional and then there's another younger man who has these sort of newfangled ways of of approaching magic and so they decide to join forces to save england from france in the in the wars but the temptation for dark magic begins to pull at jonathan strange and so this is the story of of how these two men interact with each other as one is pulled by good and one is pulled by bad so it has fantastic world building and it's incredibly detailed and intricate which reminds me a lot of the harry potter world where where it's just so fleshed out Mm -hmm. but it's also set against the real world in a way that's similar to harry potter um which i i personally really like in fantasy Mm -hmm. that's that's my favorite type Mm -hmm. of fantasy novel it has the same themes of good magic versus evil magic and it's very long and so if you're needing something that will be kind of a sink your teeth into it read then this would be a good pick for you it is jonathan strange and mr norrell by Susanna clark that's a great pick for this. yeah i like that one a lot 
Uh, so mine is Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, Ooh. and it is set in an alternate 19th century. It's about Zacharias White, who has recently been appointed England's new Sorcerer Royal, much to the dismay of the Royal Society of Unnatural Unnatural Philosophers, who are, as soon as he is appointed, plotting to get him out of office. So he has uh, he was born a slave and was raised by an adoptive father, who he was apprenticed um, to become this the sorcerer. There are many other issues besides just this group of the society that's trying to get rid of him, including a dwindling national supply of magic that Zacharias has to deal with. And the key to solving it is it arrives in the form of Prunella Gentlewoman, who is an orphaned (laughs) witch who has immense power. And so I think that this is going to appeal again, like you said, a lot of great world building, a a real, like the real world, Mm -hmm. Uh, matched with fantasy, strong female character, much like Hermione. Uh, Zacharias is uh, has a different upbringing than Harry, but a similar sort of orphan yeah, background. Yeah. So uh, that is Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho. That actually sounds like a good real real like to Jonathan Strange. Yeah, too, <laughs> there you go. Would all work together very nicely. <laughs> Our next select or our next category is uh, the book to give your friend who loves books. Yay. <laughs> I picked The Air Affair by Jasper Ford, and it's set in an alternate version of England in 1985. And this is a place where people live in, where England is a police state and literature is a part of everyday life. So you can literally get lost in poetry. And there's competing fans of different playwrights that get into violent brawls with each other. So it's taken very, very seriously. Um, And someone starts kidnapping famous characters from books. And so Jane Eyre disappears from Charlotte Bronte's masterpiece. And Special Agent Thursday Next is, uh, she's part of the Department of Literary Detection, and she's put on the case. This is the first book in a series, and it's perfect for someone that knows literature really well and just wants to be surrounded by it. So there's all these allusions to just everything out there. This came out in the early 2000s, I want to say. It was a pretty famous book at the time, but I haven't really seen... I think the series is over. I think so. um, So I haven't seen it mentioned a lot lately, but it's a very, very fun series. So clever. Yeah. And it's it's just very charming as well. So it's The Air Affair, that's uh, like Jane Eyre, E-Y-R-E, by Jasper Ford. All right. My pick is Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore by Robin Sloan, which... I think we've talked about before. Yes, I on think. the librarians. Yes, yeah, libra- yeah, library books. So this is uh, about Clay Jannon who loses his job as something in tech, like a web developer or something like that during the recession. And so he takes a job as the overnight clerk in a 24-hour bookstore. And after a few days of working there, Clay realizes that the store is more curious and mysterious than he originally thought. And he is drawn into solving the puzzle of what is happening in the bookstore in the middle of the night and these interesting people who are coming and taking books and returning them and never seeming to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. And and so there's this whole mystery and all about the, the mixing technology with sort of the old world of print mm-hmm. books. And so it, it's fantastic if you like books or puzzles or any sort of yeah it copy. has super wide appeal yeah for... it has big appeal but definitely for a book lover it's mr penumbra's 24-hour bookstore by robin sloan all right our next category is for the animal lover in your life i picked open and shut by david rosenfeld this is the first in a series about a new jersey defense attorney named annie carpenter who is successful in his career but he's much more interested in hanging out with his golden retriever tara and in this first book, he's trying to deal with the death of his father, who is a famous former district attorney in New Jersey. 
but he turns out to have more secrets than Andy had realized. And um, actually, the the first book didn't. It, it seems like this as the series goes on, it gets much more interested in the animals mm-hmm. side of it. Like they become more central to the to the plot rather than just being this sort of sidekick mm-hmm. to Andy. Usually, I think the animal lover books are marketed to be heartwarming, like mm-hmm. in the Marley and Me sort mm-hmm. of sort of vein. And so I picked this because it's still animal friendly, but sort of a different tone than mm-hmm. what you typically see. So that might appeal to someone who's maybe read all of the heartwarming mm-hmm. animal books out mm-hmm. there, even though there are many. <laughs> but this could be something a little bit different. And that's Open and Shut by David Rosenfeld. All right. Mine is The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein, which is such a good book and it's a great audiobook too if you have an audiobook listener in your life it's narrated by the dog same as right no yours is narrated by the uh-uh. dog not narrated uh-uh. by, okay there's another mystery series that's narrated by the dog chet and bernie mysteries sorry that just came yeah back. i can't anyway. yeah all right so this book is narrated by the dog named enzo about his life with denny swift who is a race car driver and throughout the course of enzo's life denny has some um, career highs and lows and gets married and has a child and Enzo is the witness to all of these things and so this is for any animal lover who has ever looked at your pet and wonder what is going on in their heads when they look at you and they just seem to know what's going on like it it just seems like they're more knowledgeable than we give them credit for sometimes Um, because I mean I know that my dog has a personality and his own thoughts and so it's it's it is heartwarming it's sad but it's heartwarming but it's it's good he has a nice life philosophy mm-hmm. Enzo does he's got a little philosopher in him so this is the art of racing in the rain by Garth Stein I actually have never read that <gasps> one but I've heard so such good, good things it's so good I'm always afraid of animal books because I can't handle animals oh, in peril I and know. I yeah I so I'm always afraid there's a website does the dog die in the end oh oh that's such a good recommendation <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can see if the if you need to Spoilers, shy, but shy away from a book I, would, I would know. Yes. All right. Our next category is for the outdoorsy person in your life, which I am not an outdoorsy person, <laughs> but I have a pick for it. Well, yeah, I like I like the outdoors, but I'm I tend to not read a lot of outdoorsy books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not really what I gravitate toward. But I did remember how much I loved Hatchet when I was a yes. kid, so I picked that. It's by Gary Paulson. And if you grew up in the 80s, then you probably read this in in elementary school because it it seemed pretty standard for fourth grade Mm -hmm. reading. Um, It's the story of a boy named Brian who's flying up to Canada on a small plane to visit his estranged father. They're just over the Canadian wilderness somewhere and the plane crashes. And so the pilot, they, they crash into a lake and the pilot dies instantly. But Brian is able to get himself out unharmed and... He only has the clothes on his back and he has, he's somehow able to either grab or he has in his pocket this hatchet that his mother gave him as a gift. So it's a completely riveting story of survival. It's, even though it's a children's book, I think that readers of any age would find this, the choices that Brian has to make in order to stay alive really interesting. And I know that as a kid, when I read this, I just like, this is the first time I ever thought about how you would survive. Mm -hmm. I would not survive for to start. (laughs) I would be done for (laughs) but but it's it's just completely interesting and completely there's a lot of kind of emotional turmoil that's going on too but but really the star of the show is is how he stays alive so i i have very very happy memories of this book it's called hatchet by gary paulson all right my selection is into the wild by john krakauer and it's about christopher mccandless who after graduating from college gives away 
most of his possessions, including a $25,000 inheritance, and decides to hitchhike to Alaska to live in the wilderness. And he is from a very wealthy family, and this is just exasperating to them. They can't believe he is doing this, but he makes this choice to go and, and live this minimal life in the, in the wilderness. Um, and this is, I should say, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, John Krakauer wrote about a real person who, unfortunately, things don't end very well for Christopher McCandless, but the author has a great deal of empathy for the lure of living in the wild like that and experiencing the outdoors in such a pure way. Um, and so I think most outdoorsy people would appreciate the story. And it's also sort of a warning about, about preparation. And yeah. Sort like of that. the hubris. The, of... Right. Right. Thinking that you're bigger than nature and right. nature is actually bigger than man. So it's into the wild by John Krakauer. Cool. All right, so this next category is one we absolutely had to put on. <laughs> it's Anne's favorite thing ever, which are books for food lovers. Like, what wasn't I going to pick? There's a billion. Was, I could have put all of them into a hat and just picked and been happy with this. But I picked a book that was one of the best food-related books I ever received as a gift myself. Uh-huh. And it's called A Tale of Twelve Kitchens, Family Cooking in Four Countries by Jake Tilson. And it's sort of a mix between a cookbook and a scrapbook. And it centers around the author's family and their multi-continental obsession with food. So this is perfect for people that love travel and food and the the types of people, which are me, who like to collect mementos of both. And so if you've ever seen a label from a can of Italian tomatoes that you just had to save or um, all your ticket stubs to everything you've ever been to (laughs) or any recipe that you kind of write down on a scrap of paper, this is like thumbing through a well-loved journal and it's presented like a scrapbook and it's it's food stained and it's it's just so appealing it will just drag you into it so and it covers lots of different types of cuisine so it isn't just Italian food or American food but I think um, I can't remember what Asian country he lives in but but it's just all over the world which which is important to me mm-hmm. that it isn't just like I, I want a big or yeah, or, yeah or just I love all food and right. so I want oh, okay. to see all these different types of food yeah. and, and even though I can really love a deep dive into one type of cuisine then it's it's more exciting to me to have a chapter on Italy and then a chapter on China and mm. just see those differences and the similarities yeah. so oh I love this book so much <laughs> what a great gift for you yeah I loved it it's A Tale of Twelve Kitchens Family Cooking in Four Countries by Jake Tilson All right, my selection is A Homemade Life by Molly Weisenberg. And after her father's death, Molly knew she couldn't return to the life she'd been leading like nothing had ever happened. So she moved from Seattle to Paris, where she supposedly was working on her dissertation. Um, But instead, she was just more interested in wandering around Paris and trying out all the different French pastries she was seeing in patisserie windows and reading cookbooks and just really immersing herself in the food culture there. And she started a blog about what she was seeing and tasting and cooking. And it ended up having a huge following. It's called Orangette. And it changed her life. Basically, it changed the course of of what she had planned for her life. And it will make you super hungry if you read it (laughs) because her food descriptions are amazing. Um, So that is A Homemade Life by Molly Weisenberg. I love food writers who can I think it's really easy to talk about bad food mm-hmm. and it's really hard to talk about good food. Mm-hmm. And she's one that really yes. captures good food. good food. I wish I don't have that skill to no. talk about good food. I'm yeah. great about writing about terrible books <laughs> and terrible food. And I can be very funny in those situations, but it's, it takes a special person that can right describe something that they ate mm-hmm. beautifully. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. 
Uh, all right. Our next category is for the sports fan in your life. Um, I picked The Crossover by Kwame Alexander, and this is a YA novel that's written in hip-hop verse. So I first was describing it as a novel written in verse, but that seemed to bring up different Mm -hmm. connotations than what this is. Um, It's a coming-of-age story about two twin brothers who are obsessed with basketball, and they're the stars of their middle school basketball team. But it goes so far beyond sports, as most sports Mm -hmm. books do, and sports in general. I've not been the greatest sports fan of my life throughout my life, but I've, I've sort of recently come to understand the the drama of of sports so even though it's not my favorite thing on earth i i can appreciate what people see in it and it sometimes still makes me cry even though i'm like why i don't care about this but i'll still cry about it so um so this book is about family and learning to deal with hardship and becoming a man essentially coming become or leaving your your childhood and and reaching adulthood and it's a pleasure to read but it would be especially amazing to to uh hear out loud I've seen Kwame Alexander perform, not this book, but I've seen him do readings of, of other children's books that he's written, and he has the greatest rhythm. It's just, if you can find a video of him, like a YouTube video of him reading, um, I haven't checked actually for this one, but I'll, if I can, I'll, I'll post one on the um, show notes, but he's, he's just an amazing rapper, and, and it's, it, it just has such a good flow to it. Um, this won the Newbery Award for Children's Lit a couple of years ago, and it's just phenomenal. It's so it reads good. really fast, yeah. but it's it'll stick with you for years. Yeah, it's so good. It's the crossover by Kwame Alexander. All right, my pick is Friday Night Lights by H. G. Bissinger, and I actually haven't read this book. I have to be honest. <laughs> But the TV show is one of my favorites of all time. I didn't know it was a book first. It was a book first. So that's why it just has to be good because they made a movie out of it and a TV show out of it. And the the story of what, you know, the, the story that they took from the book, which is a true story. And that story is so good. And I know that the book has gotten great reviews. So I feel like this is a, a good pick, even though I, I can't personally recommend it because I've read it. I, I trust that this is a really good mm-hmm. pick. It's about a small town in West Texas who has the winningest high school football team in Texas history and how that devotion to the team from the town shapes the community. And this is a town that when the oil business is booming, the town is flush, but when it is not booming, the, basically everybody's destitute. Like every, the rise and fall of the economy is all based on oil. So mm-hmm. um, so they cling to this, this football team as their pride and joy. And it's like... It's taken very, very seriously. And this chronicles one dramatic season of Panthers football. As far as I know, the phrase clear eyes, full hearts can't lose is not included, which is something that's in the TV show. (laughs) But you could just say it in your head if you're reading it, if you're a fan of the TV show. (laughs) So that's Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger. Next category is for the person who loves gossip magazines. I picked The Heiresses by Sarah Shepard. And this is a novel about the Saybrook family, the fictional Saybrook family, who are fixtured in the New York City society pages thanks to the family's uh, jewelry empire, particularly diamonds. And um, this family seems to have everything going for them, but they also are reportedly cursed because of the many tragedies that have befallen them. And the most recent of those is the suicide of Poppy, who is the favorite daughter of the clan. And she had everything in life was was right, but but she uh, threw herself off of a balcony in her from her office. So the family is shocked, but believes that it's only suicide until they receive a note that says one heiress down, four more to go. 
<laughs> so this is by the same author as Pretty Little Liars, if you're a fan of that series of, and of books and shows. Um, so you know that it's full of dishy gossip and rich people behaving badly and secrets that have been buried amongst uh, family members and friends. And it was very uh, candy yeah. reading, which was very, very fun. And um, I enjoyed this quite a bit. It's called The Heiresses by Sarah Shepard. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. My pick is A Scot in the Dark by Sarah McLean. And this is a historical romance, but it's a take on what happens to someone when their naked photos or sex tape are leaked online <laughs> and puts it into a historical context. This is a series she's writing all about, like, celebrity scandal every like her first book was sort of a Kardashian take oh, on awesome. Kardashian sisters. Um, so <laughs> in this one, a nude painting of Lillian Hargrove is revealed to all of society and her reputation is completely ruined. And she has to turn to the one man who, who can help her restore her, her standing in society. Um, so that is a Scott in the dark by Sarah McLean. And I mean, you know, I had to get a romance in there somewhere sure. and I thought that this was just the perfect way to do it. <laughs> I love how I'm so I've been so anti-romance but literally every time you'd mention one I'm all oh that sounds great I have to read that (laughs) all right so our last category is and thank you to Jeff O'Neill from Book Riot for this phrase the Swiss army knife pick so this is a pick for basically anybody in your life this would be a good selection to to give a book to them so what is your pick I picked The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. Um, I'm not a sports fan, as I said, and I'm not terribly interested in World War II. And this is about both of them. Uh And this was so riveting. Like, I, yeah, this is an amazing, amazing book. So that makes me certain that it's good for anyone. Because Mm -hmm. if it can talk about things that I literally had no interest in, then, and make me like jump up and down in my kitchen while I was listening to it, then I think anyone would love this. It's about the University of Washington crew team that rode at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, which was basically a Nazi propaganda um, event. Mm -hmm. And the team was made up of poor young men who didn't have the pedigree of the typical crew team that usually came from the Ivy League um, to represent the United States at the Olympics. And so it's a story of hard work and perseverance of how they even got from their lives to the the crew team um they focus particularly on one young man who has just an amazingly difficult life but but overcomes all of it and it's about good and evil it's just it's amazing and your heart will be racing by the end of the book and you'll probably cry Mm -hmm. like i did and um i actually listened to this on audiobook and it was narrated by edward herman which he is so fantastic in this and particularly in the scene of the race he just embodies he's like a sports announcer it's it's amazing so i don't know if i didn't check into when whether this won any uh audi awards or anything but i i I think it should have so well i did not listen to that book i read that book but i listened to unbroken which he narrated which would be another swiss army knife pick i would throw Mm. out there although i think many people have already read that but he's such such a good narrator yeah and again drew me into a story that I was not sure right. I wanted to be reading. Yeah, he makes he just yeah. has a voice that that pulls you in. So if you can uh you know I, we didn't do a category about the audiobook listener, but this yeah, would definitely be would one that would would appeal to any audiobook listener too. Next so year. yeah, next, next year. year. Uh this is it was The Boys in the Boat by and that has a, a subtitle that I forgot to put down, but yeah. Uh it's by Daniel James Brown. All right, and mine is a man called. How did we decide we pronounce this? Well, I talked Ova, to a few different Ova. people, and there was discrepancies okay. between them. So just say whatever you feel like. All right, so I'm going to say a man called Ova. 
Sure, sure. By Frederick Bachman. Uh, I've talked about it before. It's about a curmudgeonly grump of a man who gets all tangled up in the lives of the young family who moves in next door, much to his dismay. And it's it's something I think a lot of people can relate to about change and resisting new things. Um, And it's heartfelt without being saccharine. And I just truly believe anybody would be taken in by this story, no matter who you are. So that's A Man Called Ova by Frederick Bachman. And the only caveat to that is a lot of people are reading it right now Mm -hmm. or have read it. So it's pretty popular. So that's the only reason I would say maybe isn't the best pick for anybody because they may have already read it but, but they, he's written several other he's books, written other books so, too, which yeah. seem to be similar in tone yeah. yes. so you could maybe do a backlist yeah, there of, you go. of it there you go done and done i fixed everything thank for you, you. and <laughs> you're the best <laughs> oh, that was it so we finished all of wow. our categories 15 categories oh my word that was a marathon that was a marathon all right so we'll be right back with what we're reading this week What are you reading this week? I'm reading Across the Universe by Beth Rivas, and I think we're reading oh, really we're similar reading books. <laughs> not the same book, but no, for very, the same reason. Right, which I think I talk about. Um, I'll get to that <laughs> later in the in my description. Um, so this begins in the United States that's on a version of the United States that's on the brink of collapse. And so I don't I don't know actually if it's supposed to be set in the future when it starts or if it just goes into the future, but it's either way, the United States is is at the end. And so a plan is made to freeze key members of society for 300 years on a spaceship called the Godspeed. And uh, during those 300 years, they'll be transported to a new planet where they can, where society can make a new start. So a 17-year-old girl named Amy reluctantly follows her high-ranking parents into this freezing chamber. Um, they're each given in individual freezing boxes, mm-hmm. basically, and then kind of put, it's like like being cremated, like mm-hmm. being put into a wall, essentially, mm-hmm. um, or a morgue, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of morbid. <laughs> but um, but she's she's very reluctant to do this, and she's really sad to leave behind her friends, and she has a crush, and she just really loves her life on Earth itself. And, and so this is a very bittersweet thing that she's doing. Um, and then in alternating chapters, we're introduced to a teenage boy named Elder, and he works on the Godspeed as it's traveling to this new planet, and he's designated to be the future leader of the ship. Um, and so he's kind of exploring different parts of the ship, and he accidentally be- he accidentally comes upon the freezing chambers, the room that holds all these freezing chambers. And he, I actually can't remember why Amy is out, but he sees Amy, and he, he's completely entranced by her, frozen in this ice. And so he is actually part of this future version of humans that have been genetically engineered to be the same. So they all have the same ethnicity, they all have the same religion or or lack of religion, they all have the same backgrounds basically. So that's intended to have a more perfect society so there won't be wars and contention and, and that they won't have the problems that led them to the brink before. He's never seen someone with red hair, which Amy has, and so he's completely entranced by her. And he goes back to see her in the chamber again, but she's been pulled out of the the box in in her frozen state. And she's in a state of distress as she's starting to come out of her her slumber. So he saves her, but she's been unfrozen 50 years too early. So 
Um, that should be impossible, but they realize that there can't be a computer malfunction. So someone did this on purpose. And so that probably means that someone was trying to kill her. And she believes that her parents are next, but I haven't gotten to that part yet. So I don't know what makes her think that. So she is becoming accustomed to this entirely new life on a spaceship. And it's really kind of a terrifying thing to think about if you expect to be meeting your parents Mm -hmm. at a certain point and then to realize that you're going to be 50 years older than, I mean, yeah, that you'll be older than they are when they are taken out of this, this frozen state. So it's, it's, she's understandably very, very terrified. But she finds that the Godspeed holds many secrets and she's trying to figure out who killed her and she's also becoming attracted to Elder. So this is a very good teen angst kind of book. I am reading this as as we said, <laughs> we're reading similar books because I'm reading this for the Pop Sugar uh, book challenge, which was uh, it needed a book that was a mist or not a mystery a romance set in the future. And so this is a good mix of angsty teen romance yeah. and sci-fi, which I'm not usually into sci-fi at all, but this seems to be well balanced yeah. between the two so it's interesting so far i'm listening to it and it's it's just lots of interesting questions okay. to think about in it and it's called across the universe by beth revis and i think it's actually a trilogy either for sure a series mm-hmm. maybe just a trilogy um but yeah it came out probably five years ago i would mm-hmm. say so yeah <laughs> and i'm reading these broken stars by amy kaufman and megan spooner and i'm also reading it for the pop sugar <laughs> challenge which is the romance set in the future category as you could tell we're getting closer to the end of the year here we're and finding the, 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 the categories <laughs> that i was a little reluctant to try because right, right. as you know i read a lot of romances but romance set in the future is not my jam really. and hard to find hard it was to really find. really hard, really to, find. hard to find finding an adult one was mm-hmm. was pretty difficult yeah well the one that everybody recommended was J.D. Robb, right. which I've already read right. her books. So I wanted to do something new. Yeah. So this is about, uh, again, set in the future. And luxury space liners are a thing in this world where wealthy people can travel around the galaxy. And Lilac LaRue, whose father is a powerful businessman, is traveling on the Icarus along with 50,000 other people. It holds a huge group of people. Uh, along And Tarver Marinson is a war hero who has been given access to this elite mode of transportation due to his notoriety as a war hero and otherwise would not be surrounded by these people. And then the Icarus crashes onto an uninhabited planet and Tarver and Lilac are all by themselves, uh, seemingly with, with nobody else around. Um, it feels kind of like Titanic set in space, um, but with a little bit of the Martian thrown in because Ooh. they have to figure out how to survive and also kind of a little bit of the TV show lost because there are some supernatural things that are seeming to be happening. She's uh, hearing voices and seeing things and not sure if it's all in her head or if it's real. So it's it's really fun. I'm about halfway through right now. Um, and it is the first in a trilogy, which I did not realize when I picked it up. Um, because <laughs> it now it's in a trilogy. I'm, yeah, I'm committed to two more books, which is, which is fine. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, that's These Broken Stars by Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner. All right, so this week we are not going to go back and list off all the books we mentioned just because it's so many books, but if you go to our show notes page at beaufortcountylibrary.org slash wellread, Anne will do her fabulous job of putting in the show notes every everything we talked about in this episode. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your other podcast provider of choice. Our podcast is engineered by Adam Farver. 
Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. Thank you all for listening. Happy reading and happy holidays.